Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. Football fans, it's time to go on the record with this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Well, we are back. We are back for another edition of Three Dog Thursday, ready to talk not only college, but now we add pro football, the NFL, to the slate. Week number one of the National Football League, and we are all about the underdogs. I am your somewhat lucid host, and he is senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. Okay, we got to get it out of the way. Uh, rough week for you, my friend, last week. Meantime, I'm golden. I should retire. I- I'm like three for three for the season if I retire right now. So how are you, Kevin Rogers? I'm doing well, and yes, I went 0 for 3. I know that, you know, you hear a lot of handicappers that, you know, you never hear what they did last week. You know, they they hit 80% of their plays every single time, and, and they never mention their losses, but I went 0 and 3, and I almost feel like uh, Billy Donovan after he took the Orlando Magic job. You know, I'm going to resign two days later and just resign off the show and be done. But, but uh, I will I'm refuse. I refuse to accept that letter of resignation because I cannot do this show myself for the next four months. That cannot happen. I'm not going to do it. I will admit that I I have started slow in college the last few years, but I have ended up pretty strong. So once we kind of get these, you know, the first week out of the way and we start seeing things now. You know, I feel good about this week. Unloaded some picks already for for Vegas Insider. Some good underdogs. I got a few for you today. Good. But, you know, feel good now. After now, it's now it comes down to okay, overreaction versus <laughs> you know, and that's what it is. A lot of these 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 people, you know, they want to overreact to certain teams that won or you know certain teams that lost. Saying, oh, this team isn't very good, so you know they're not they they suck, whatever. But that's the time to take them. I did that with you last year a few times with yeah. some of those games where. You take the points with some of these teams that you know people totally discount, and those are the value plays. Okay. Well, and, and one thing you have learned very valuably, and I tried to warn you last week, but I'm going to say it to you again: you just don't go against Nick Saban in that opening game. I mean, I don't care. He he's clobbered Michigan. He's an equal opportunity clobberer, if you will, on the opening game. He's clobbered Michigan in that opening game. He's clobbered Clemson in that opening game. Uh, they beat down uh, Virginia Tech or West Virginia last year. It was Wisconsin, and now I mean USC was just on the train track when the when the freight train ran over them. I mean, they had the one bomb at the beginning of the game and the good series with the field goal, and then that was it. I mean, Saban and his, and his defense, even without Kirby Smart, just overwhelmed them. And USC's not horrible. They're not a bad team. But, uh, you, you can't, Kevin, you just can't go against Nick Saban in the opening thing anymore. When he's got three or four months to get ready for that game, you you got to stay away from the underdog, right? Well, I will say I did prop up that Max Brown from UFC, and I will say it can only get better for them. I mean, after you face Alabama, it can only get better for them moving forward, and I felt pretty good in the first quarter. I said, wow, okay, USC's hanging with them. Bama's got some problems on offense. Okay, this looks good. And then, obviously, the rest of the game happened. Uh, The one that disappoints me more, though, is the UCLA game. I had them at Texas A&M, and they got down by, like, two touchdowns. They made a nice comeback. 
to force overtime. Actually, yep. UCLA, when they had that crazy touchdown pass that Josh Rosen threw, and they had to go for two to tie it, I was hoping they wouldn't get the two. So they would have been down <laughs> two, and I would have covered. But then they get the two, and then they end up losing in overtime. But one thing I wanted to bring up was that UCLA and Notre Dame Sunday night in their loss to Texas, both of them, they won the coin toss in overtime and both elected to go on defense. And I figure that's a very popular choice in college with both teams getting the possession. Again, small sample size happens twice. Both those teams ended up losing going on defense first. And what I guess my problem is, why do you go on defense? Why don't you try to score first and see what you can do? It's not putting pressure on your offense at all. If they kick a field goal, okay, now you know what you got. If you score a touchdown, all right, hold them. In worst-case scenario, unless they go for two, then they tie it and you keep going. But if you have your defense out there first and Texas A&M scores, you've got all the pressure on you now to score a touchdown. And that's what happened that in that case. I hear you. I hear you. Well, it worked out for me with my Texas pick well, against Notre Dame, and, and I agree. We don't. I don't have the numbers in front of me on how many times the team wins the toss, goes on defense first, and loses. But it does happen a bunch. It, it is not just an occasional thing where where the team doesn't have momentum for whatever reason. The team takes the ball first, goes and scores, puts all the pressure on them. I feel you. I feel what you're saying with that. Well, also too that. This isn't baseball where you say, okay, we're batting, we get three outs, and it's like you're at the 25 yard line. Chances are, unless you get sacked, you have a chance to get points somehow. Like you're, you're, you're right. going to have that because it's built that way. If you start at the 50, it'd be different, but you're already in field goal range just to begin the drive. And, and Grant, I know in college, well, you that's know what this is. You know what this is. This is the safe thing for coaches to do to avoid criticism. And, and a lot of times, I, I love coaches that think outside the box, whether we're talking about a Belichick or a Chip Kelly or a Harbaugh, you know, a crisscross to any coach you like that thinks outside the box. What you're talking about is so many coaches take the safe play. I want to know what the other team did first rather than being aggressive philosophically in an overtime situation where you're both guaranteed to get the football. I mean, it's it's ludicrous in the NFL. Of course you're going to take the ball and go try to score because it's a modified version of sudden death, and if you get a touchdown, the other team doesn't get the ball anyway. But in college, you're guaranteed that that you're going to get the ball both ways, and so many coaches, they just they cop out, Kevin. They, they play it safe. Yeah, and I, I just don't agree with it. When you have the ball where, you know, in, in already field goal range, in a sense, that if you get even five or ten yards, chances are you're guaranteed three points. But I don't really believe that you're putting pressure on your offense at all, that do what you need to do, go score, and now, not so you can relax, but now, all right, you feel good about yourself, okay, let's make a stop, and, or a few stops, and we win the game. And as yep. simple as that, if you don't score – okay, the other team's got to kick a field goal, but I'd rather be on defense and try to make the stand as opposed to the offense trying to score a touchdown. And we saw it definitely come back on both Notre Dame and UCLA from this past weekend. That moves us to this week in college football, and let's be honest, there are not a lot of great matchups. In fact, as good a weekend last weekend as we saw with all the drama, we've already mentioned uh, the games with UCLA and A&M and Texas and Notre Dame. What a what, what a fantastic finish uh, those games had. Uh, Wisconsin holds on to beat LSU, who was trying to make a comeback. I mean, only only Les Miles could have a Heisman Trophy winner like Leonard Fournette look ordinary for a lot of that game, and it wasn't so much Wisconsin's defense, but great battles. I mean, the Florida State comeback, and I know you're a Knoll uh, an alum. What a great comeback against 
uh, Ole Miss. So many good matchups, if not great matchups, last weekend. And now a lot of duds this week. So we have to we have to sift through a lot of the good teams playing really bad teams. We've got to find some good-on-good matchups. I'll let you go first. You're trying to redeem yourself. Give me a matchup you like for underdog, three-dog Thursday purposes, Kevin. All right, I'll start with an SEC game. South Carolina beat Vanderbilt last week, and Will Muschamp is now the head coach of the Gamecocks. South Carolina had an awful year last year with Steve Spurrier. He quit in the middle of the season. And I think he was just jumping off a sinking ship. Obviously, South Carolina isn't what they were a few years ago. Will Muschamp, yeah, I know at Florida that it ended poorly, but also he had a couple decent seasons there. And now he's at South Carolina where they beat Vanderbilt down 10 nothing. They score the final 13 points of that game, and they win. So now 1-0 in the conference already on the road. Now they go back on the road again to Mississippi State this week, where Mississippi State... Of course, they lose Dak Prescott to the NFL. He's starting for the Cowboys, and you see how big of a loss it was. Mississippi State loses as 28-point favorites to South Alabama, and they end up having uh, a two-touchdown lead in that game, and they couldn't hold on even though they ran for 239 yards in that game uh, against South Alabama. But the Bulldogs scored just two times in that game, just two touchdowns and a couple of field goals. So obviously this team can't get the ball and punch it in when they need to against a Sunbelt team. Now you play an SEC team with pretty good athletes, and South Carolina is getting nearly a touchdown in this game. Mississippi State plays LSU next week on the road, and I'm not saying they're looking ahead. I don't like taking desperate teams, and Mississippi State's desperate right now because if they lose, they're 0-2 and 0-1 in the conference, already burning a home game, where South Carolina, if they lose this game, they're 1-1 in the conference, two road games not bad and you know what you're getting some points with this one i think south carolina they can hang with mississippi state i'll take the points with them all right so you'll take the gamecocks on that one i am going to go uh, also with an sec team that also struggled last week but won in the final minute at home that was arkansas uh, having to hang on against Louisiana Tech, having to score late and, and hang in there to win. They'll play at TCU. Uh, Brandon Allen's brother now quarterbacking that, that massive offensive line for Arkansas. I like this matchup. I know Kenny Hill is now the TCU quarterback. They gave up a lot of big plays, though, to South Dakota State last week. And, I, and one thing we haven't talked about yet here on Three Dog Thursday, Kevin, is a lot of teams make great improvement and maybe their greatest improvement in the college game from the first game to the second game just because you don't have preseason games. So you have, I mean, you're hopeful if you're a USC fan that that's going to be uh, the case. You're hopeful, like you just said, Mississippi State fan doesn't want to wash the season out after just one game. Hopefully in week two, they're better. In TCU's case, they got to shore up the defense. They had turnovers. Uh, I know they've got Kenny Hill, and they usually have high-powered offense, but something says to me that Arkansas may get them. I'm going to take the four points and the Hogs in Fort Worth against a top-25 TCU team. I like that one as an underdog. Do you have a little quick 15-second take on Arkansas TCU? I mean, with Brett Bielema, you see the job that he's done over the last few years with Arkansas. He left Wisconsin. He goes to the Razorbacks, and I believe what they were 0-8 his first year in the SEC, and he's definitely – made them uh, somewhat relevant in the SEC West, which is not yep. easy to do. And, you know, they've had good running backs over the last few years. They had Alex Collins, who was from South Florida, and had good running games. And, you know, for Arkansas, you know, they, they do play these good teams. Uh, I know they've had problems at a conference at times. They lost to Toledo last year. But they've also played like the TCU and Texas Tech and these other teams 
out of the conference. So, you know, it's a good matchup for them, and we'll see if, if they can go on the road and pick up a win. All right, so that's the Hogs, and you're going to go out west for your second underdog. By the way, we'll have NFL underdogs after the pause here coming up in a little bit, but we're sticking with college football. It is Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Kevin Rogers, give me your Pac-12 underdog that you like this week. Washington State goes to Boise State on Saturday night. And Washington State, for the second straight year, they lost to an FCS school in their opener. Last year was Portland State. This year it was Eastern Washington. Now, Eastern Washington is a team that's a very quality squad out of the FCS. Normally you see them play for FCS titles or at least get pretty deep into their playoffs. So no shame in that. And I think a lot of people look at FCS losing to an FCS school as this is devastating. And some of those teams are pretty good and probably could be better than some FBS schools. Now, I'm not saying Eastern Washington is better than Washington State, but I could see where Washington State could have overlooked them. Now, Washington State, their defense is not very good. We know that they're based on the passing game with Luke Falk, and he had another very good game last week, so it wasn't a problem. Just defensively, it was a problem, but they were laying a bunch of points. Now, Washington State goes to Boise State. It's not a very far trip. Boise State's coming off a win over Louisiana Lafayette last week on the road. They pounded them. There's a class difference there. Boise State's just much better than them. But the Cougars now going to Boise, going to the Blue Turf, 12-3 and against the spread the last three years as a road underdog, Washington State. So now that you see them as a favorite, they didn't play very well. Now you're getting points with them, double-digit points, in fact, against the Boise team that was 2-4 and four against the spread last year as a home favorite. All those games laying at least 10 points. So for Boise State, not to say they're overlooking Washington State. This is more of looking at Washington State and saying that now you're getting some points with them, and Mike Leach has performed well in this role, that I'm going to take advantage of people being down at Washington State and take the points with the Cougars. There you go. All right, so there's his second underdog. I will go back at Alabama. I will bite the hand that helped me be 3-0 and last week with the Tide uh, beating up on USC. Uh, well, it didn't help me be 3-0, and but it, it, it puts you at 0-3, unfortunately. I keep mentioning that. But Alabama's back home against Western Kentucky. The defending champions out of Conference USA had a fantastic debut in their opening game. Uh, a kid by the name of Mike White, who was a former a part-time quarterback at USF, the University of South Florida in Tampa, transferred to WKU. Now eligible to play, Mike White, Kevin Rogers, threw for over 500 yards in the opening game uh, for Western Kentucky, which set a Western Kentucky record for a quarterback in his opening game and, in fact, set a Conference USA record for a quarterback in his opening game. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama, but I think the Tide are going to have a little bit of a letdown, a natural letdown after a hyped game. It is sandwiched in between the Ole Miss game. Alabama will still do some things well. They'll play good enough defense to win probably by 20 points. 29 points is a large line, and I think even some garbage uh, touchdowns, maybe in the second half, a couple of garbage touchdowns could be the difference. I will take the Hilltoppers, the toppers of Western Kentucky, and take the 29 points at Alabama in that matchup for my second underdog. So there we go. There are two college underdogs from each of us. Let's come back. Kevin, you ready to talk some NFL football in our next segment on Three Dog Thursday? You ready to do that? Oh, it's coming up. We finally got it. We finally do have the pros, so let's talk some pro football as Three Dog Thursday continues. You stay with us. 
ever dreamed of a way to video chat one-on-one with famous former athletes, coaches, and other big names in the sports world? Well, now you can with a brand new online communication service called Talk to Legends. The Talk to Legends mobile platform is available right now for free in the iOS Apple Store. And now the Talk to Legends mobile app is available in the Google Play Store. And it puts you just a couple of clicks away from connecting by video to your sports heroes in a five-minute person-to-person conversation on your iPhone or iPad. Yes, it's as easy as registering and then picking a time to talk to your legend. There are hundreds of former athletes from all sports, including the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, college sports, the Olympics, MMA and more. And they're ready to talk to you in a scheduled video conversation through Talk to Legends. No matter what device or tablet, just go into the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Talk to Legends app. It's time for you to talk to Legends. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Well, when last we saw the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers, it was Super Bowl 50, Santa Clara, California, and Denver shut down Cam Newton and the seemingly invincible invincible Panther offense in a 24-10 win in Super Bowl 50 to claim yet another ring for that organization. Well, now they will open the NFL season on Thursday night. We are back in as part of Three Dog Thursday, and the NFL is back. Kevin Rogers is back, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. Uh, I know we're all frothing for for all these purposes, fantasy football for purposes, just if you're a fan of the team, or for underdog purposes like on this show, to have the pros back, to have the NFL back, just as a general comment. Here we go. All the play- preseason's over. The games count for real starting this weekend. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy the preseason's over. I know you work with the Buccaneers. I'm doing some stuff with the Dolphins, yep. and I'm happy the preseason's done, that now we're getting into meaningful games and, you know, we talked about in the last segment about how college football this weekend isn't that great. But, you know, you do get the NFL. You have a Thursday with the Super Bowl rematch. You have Sunday where, you know, unfortunately with the NFL, or I guess fortunately, I guess you could look at it, and you've been around the NFL a long time, that every game is meaningful in a sense. Not saying in college it's not, but like for Alabama, you, you went against them in the last segment. Alabama played USC last week. They played Ole Miss next week. They're playing Middle Tennessee. There's just another game on the schedule for them. It's just Let's just get this out of the way. We have four or five meaningful games the whole season. The other ones we just show up for. Yeah. The NFL, it's not, that, it's not that way. No matter who you are, you can't just show up. If you're Carolina, if you're Tampa Bay, if you're Jacksonville, whoever you are, you can't just show up for every game where college – for some get for most of the games you can and then you get geared up for other ones. That's what's great about the NFL is every game that there isn't a guaranteed win or loss and I understand they're double digit favorites and they're probably gonna blow out these teams, but for the most part, you still gotta prepare for every game. Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, the the lid lifter, the opening night rematch is Thursday night in Denver. Obviously no more Peyton Manning with him retired, so the Broncos move on, kind of like they had to do 20 years ago with John Elway retiring. And if you remember, the the Broncos really struggled for a couple of years aftermath of Elway. Different coaching staff, Mike Shanahan obviously in company in the late 90s and the early 2000s with that. 
So Trevor Simeon will start this game for Denver, and the defending champs, they're going to raise the flag. They have the Super Bowl rings. They're going to start an undrafted free agent from Northwestern at quarterback, and they're going to start the year as an underdog with Carolina. You and I, I don't believe, like this game, don't like the Panthers per se in this game, but give me a 30-second take on Denver-Carolina, the rematch without Peyton Manning. You know, I, it's very difficult to make a huge case for Denver here. I understand they're getting points, and you say, oh, Denver is a home underdog. How do you pass up on them? But, you know, at the same time, for Trevor Simeon, I don't remember anything he did at Northwestern. I don't think a lot of people did. And if Marcus <laughs> Sanchez can't beat him out, and, I mean, Paxton Lynch, who went to the, university, the fine institution, University of Memphis. That's that, right. Uh, you know, he obviously has got a ways to go, so I'll give Paxton Lynch a break. But Mark Sanchez, who's been in the NFL, who's been in a couple conference championships, can't beat out Trevor Simeon. And I say, I don't know what the problem is in Denver. They still have an excellent defense. i got to think Carolina's pretty geared up for this game. I believe that Cam Newton and the Panthers underestimated the Broncos last year in the Super Bowl. And now, getting them again in, in uh, Game 1, that they'll be pretty much ready for this game. And I'm not going to say I'll be shocked that Denver wins this game. But I expect a good effort from Carolina on Thursday. And it will obviously be a raucous environment Thursday night. And obviously, if you're listening to Three Dog Thursday in the aftermath of Thursday, you already know how right or wrong we are in analyzing uh, this game. You may be listening to us on Friday or Saturday for the college football or even Sunday for the NFL football uh, as well. But uh, Kelvin Benjamin back for Carolina in the Thursday night game may make a difference. We'll see uh, how they handle the crowd noise and all of that in Denver on Thursday. Okay, so Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. If you're not going Broncos, which way will you go for an NFL underdog to round out your three doggies for this week? I'll go with another B, the Buffalo Bills. They're going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And a couple notes on this game that for as much as people want to rip on Rex Ryan, and it's and it's totally legit, it's fine. I mean, I know he's been to a couple AFC Championship games with Mark Sanchez, who I mentioned before. But Rex Ryan is entering his eighth season as an NFL head coach, his second in Buffalo, and uh, he had the previous six with the Jets. Rex Ryan is 6-1 and one in season openers. Hello. And he only lost yep. game yep. to uh, Baltimore, of all teams, 10-9 to nine, uh, a few years ago on a Monday night by one point. So Rex normally has his teams ready for game one. You saw last year they blew out the Colts in uh, the opener at home. Now, obviously, this game is on the road. Baltimore, big disappointment last year. Joe Flacco was hurt late in the season, so you know that kind of ruined them. But they still weren't playing well with Flacco anyway early on. It wasn't like this team was 9-0. and Flacco got hurt, and the season was over. They, they pretty much were done, it felt like, from the get-go. The Baltimore Ravens last year were 0-6-2 ATS as a favorite. So, and again, that's just one year, but this was a team that just didn't perform up to expectations. They got to a slow start and couldn't dig themselves out of a hole in a tough AFC North alongside the Steelers and the Bengals. So a lot of people look at Baltimore and say, oh, field goal favorite at home, Buffalo, kind of mediocre team, but really what's Baltimore done? And that's, that's kind of my question uh, recently for the Ravens. So Buffalo with Rex, I feel like we'll have them ready in the opener. They run the ball very well. They'll take care of what they need to defensively. I don't have enough faith in Flacco right now coming off the ACL tear. So I'll take Buffalo in the opener plus the three. All right. So the Bills with Tyrod Taylor and company, and uh, we'll see if they can be better for this year, uh, this season in Buffalo. Obviously, they play in a very tough division for them with the Patriots um, involved and the Jets involved and the Dolphins who hope to be better um, as well. Okay, so I am going to look 
at a very interesting uh, game here for a lot of different reasons. I like the Tennessee Titans in their matchup with Minnesota. When I saw them as a home underdog to a Minnesota team that lost Teddy Bridgewater, that's just traded for Sam Bradford, Bradford will likely be active, but who knows if he plays at all. It's probably going to be Sean Hill as the quarterback, a journeyman, limited backup quarterback. Uh, I can totally see Tennessee with a rebuilt defensive line through the draft and free agency, stack the box on Adrian Peterson. They're playing at home. The Titans may be a surprise team this year that could be a lot better, like eight or nine win Tennessee Titan team maybe. I am, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, I think, on this team with Mariota year two and some of the additions they've made, DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry in the backfield. I like Tennessee getting points in this spot. Again, it's an opening game. It's in Nashville. They are a home underdog. I'm going to take the two points that Tennessee beats a Minnesota team that right now is searching for who is the leader of this team. What are your thoughts? And is Sam Bradford going to play in this game, and can he be effective with only a few days with the playbook if he does play? I really don't know how you have Sam Bradford start in the opener. I really don't. Uh, I don't mind the move for Minnesota that they kind of felt like they needed to do this immediately. And, and first-round picks, and that stuff's overrated anyway. I mean, Minnesota is still one of those teams that is going to be middle first round, late first round. This is a team that's going to have a number one pick in the draft. You say, oh, you trade the number one pick in the draft. A first round would be the 20th pick. So I don't really mind that move for Minnesota. They were desperate. They had to do something. Not like Bradford's any kind of savior, but maybe he's better option than Sean Hill. I don't know how Bradford starts the opener in, in this short of time, but we'll see. You never know what Mike Zimmer's thinking. But with Tennessee, when I look at the Titans, and obviously Mariota played better towards the end of last season, and you know you bring in DeMarco Murray, we'll see if he could bounce back after a disaster here with the Eagles. Derrick Henry had a good preseason for Tennessee. And one thing I noticed though about Mariota, that at least early on, I get the season is long, but his home numbers weren't as good as his road numbers. I felt like he played very well on the road, and his home numbers weren't great. I don't like the game at all, obviously, because right. of the Vikings question marks at quarterback. But, I mean, we'll see if Tennessee has made that move. I mean, the Vikings still have Adrian Peterson. They still have a pretty good defense. Mike Zimmer has proved to be a good coach. And, you know, for the Vikings, they really need to get this win because they get Green Bay Week 2 Sunday night football. So, uh, at home to open up the stadium, and I understand they open it up during the preseason, but, you know, this is a big Sunday night NBC game. And I really wonder, you know, with Minnesota, if they end up losing to Tennessee, that they could be in big trouble because I believe they get Carolina in week three. So if you get Green Bay and Carolina out of the shoot, you yeah, better good win luck. this game. Yeah, good luck on that. Good point that you make. And, and speaking of Vegas Insider, which is uh, where Kevin uh, originates with all his news and insight, and we'll let him plug away on it in a moment. How much money could you have won in Vegas that the Vikings would open their new stadium primetime Sunday night, you know, in advance, knowing this, that Sam Bradford would be their quarterback <laughs> out of all of this that's gone on in the offseason, yet that's the NFL. Uh, crazy things happen. So, again, I'll take the Titans and the two points. You're taking the Bills and the three points for Three Dog Thursday purposes. One more game, and we have a couple of minutes left to, to cover this real quick. New England without Tom Brady for four games. Kevin, I don't know if you've heard that. Have you heard that Tom Brady is suspended? Has there been any coverage of Deflategate, the suspension, the Supreme Court? Does any of this ring a bell? Have you heard any of this stuff over the course of the no, last we, 18 we, months? We gave, we, we gave up on this guy. We were thinking he was done, but I guess, I guess the whole thing was done, but I guess not. Yeah, so Tom Brady is in fact suspended, will not play for the first four games. They are an underdog 
trailed by six points on the Vegas Insider line uh, at Arizona in the Sunday night NBC game uh, for this week. Now, I'm not asking you to take a side either way, but I mean, is New England, just as a general comment, are they in trouble here? Are they going to be okay like they were in 08 when Brady blew the knee out week one and, and Matt Castle was fine? They ended up winning 10 or 11 games that year. Are, are the Patriots in big trouble or not starting Sunday night at Arizona? Absolutely not. They're not in trouble at all. I mean, when you look at their first four games without Brady, uh, this is by far their toughest game, and it's a non-conference game, so that's what Bill Belichick, the way he could spin it, that if they lose, it doesn't matter for their conference record. And you're playing an Arizona team that was one win away from the Super Bowl last year. Brady plays, there's no guarantee they win the game. So for the Patriots, if they, worst-case scenario, can go 3-1 and one out of the shoot before Brady comes back, and if they lost this game, they're fine. And and that's why I think that, you know, this is a perfect situation for New England is to get one of these tough games out of the way because you could use the Brady excuse, him not being there, uh, if you end up losing, and it's an NFC game. So then it's even better for them. Uh, I don't have a huge opinion on this game. I'd probably lean Arizona just because Garoppolo's first start. It's going to be tough. And for as bad as the Cardinals were in the preseason, I got to think they'll put it together, and they played very well at home last year. So I would probably lean Arizona, but uh, for the Patriots, I think they'll be fine after these first four. Yeah, for Three Dog Thursday purposes, we're both passing on that one. We're just glad to have pro football back. So, Kevin, plug away about the information that you've been giving them here on this radio program and about where they can find out more about it and why. Go ahead. We're very excited, TJ. I mean, this is a great time of year now in September with college football underway, NFL beginning this week for real. You can catch all of the previews. We have so many articles throughout the week uh, covering so many different things. We have conference reports that are written also, well, not this week, but Thursday night college because there's nothing because of the NFL, but normally Thursday night college, uh, full Saturday tip sheets, Sunday tip sheets, Monday night tip sheets. We also have line movement articles. We have, we have all these things you can read up on to prepare for your football weekend. Also, we have some of the top handicappers in the industry where you can check out their picks as well at VegasInsider.com and also very active on the Twitter. TwitVI is our uh, Twitter handle if you want to follow us. And we keep you updated on what's going on in the sports gaming world. And it's just a really great time of year. We're a little bit away from basketball starting up uh, in a few months, so that's a, a lot of fun. Baseball's coming down the stretch now going to the playoffs. So a really good time of year. That the summer, you know, you kind of slow things down, but now we get to the fall and we really gear things up. And uh, it's a great time to be around sports right now, TJ. No doubt about that. And, again, you can follow Kevin Rogers as well at VI Rogers on Twitter. You can follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Find out more about it at ThreeDogThursday.com. Again, Kevin going with South Carolina and Washington State as college underdogs and the Buffalo Bills in the pros. I've got Arkansas and Western Kentucky getting a ton of points against Alabama, plus the Tennessee Titans. I went all south on all of my underdogs. I'm trying to go three for three for the second straight week. Kevin trying to get on the winning track with the underdogs. Listen, good luck. Enjoy the football and uh, we look forward to the NFL starting and look forward to uh, meeting back with you next week on another edition of this program, Three Dog Thursday, Kevin Rogers. TJ, sounds good. Thanks a lot. Okay, enjoy all the games, folks, and we'll talk to you again next week for the only digital radio program devoted exclusively to underdogs in the college and the pro games. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye. 
Radio Influence strives to bring you the best in digital media broadcasting. We've got something for everybody. National sports radio talents such as the fabulous sports babe and Rich Herrera. Huge podcasts like the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. And the MMA Insiders with Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan. New shows like Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill. Entertainment shows like LOL with Nancy Alexander. And shows that'll make you think like Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. We've got you covered. You can find all our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com. 